The following podcast is presented by Together Washington. Together Washington, we are seeking to build bridges across divides and tell the inspiring stories of those building the common good. If you'd like to support or get involved with Together Washington, go to togetherwashington.com. I'm so excited to have my friend Bart Wiley with us today. Bart is longtime Seattle Sounder. Uh, COO, executive vice president. He had a number of roles going all the way back to the USL days. He was instrumental in uh, the transition from USL to MLS. And then the Sounders becoming a, a cultural phenomenon here, not only in the Pacific Northwest, but really across the country. And it's great to have Bart with us. Bart, welcome to the program. Hey Tim, awesome to be here with you. Thanks for the uh, thanks for the invite. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. And uh, Bart, I tell you, we there's just so much that I'm just looking forward to talking with you about. I know for our listeners, they're uh, they they love having folks on who are not only doing and have done interesting things, but but really underneath that, like just the the motivation and the inspiration. I mean, that's so much of of what we need in society today. And that's something that I've seen from you is there's, there's other things that, you know, you have, you know, that, that kind of core values that guide you and inspire you. So I, I love having uh, folks like you on tell it. I mean, let's just kind of start, um, you know, right away. And let's talk about, you know, you, you were with the Sounders for 20 years. I mean, that is a, that's a, that's an amazing run. And, <laughs> even from the beginning of those early USL days, maybe just let's just start there and say, how did you first get involved with the Sounders? Yeah. i um, always had worked in sports. Um, I was a publicist for a baseball player. I ran the business of a NASCAR team. I was ready for a big, big change in my life. I wanted to move to Denver or Seattle. Uh, Seattle had water. So I chose Seattle, and I moved here actually a week after 9-11. I didn't know anybody, didn't have a job, lived with friends of my parents whom I never had met. Um, I flew into Seattle. You know, it was only a few days after planes were flying again after 9-11, and there was myself and 10 uh, senior adults on the plane coming out for, like, a tour. So there were 11 of us on the plane, and we were, you know, quite leery of flying at that point. but got here, and my, my car, I had shipped my car. Uh, one company hadn't paid another, so I had to rent a car. I drove to Issaquah to this house and said, hey, I'm Bart. Thanks for letting me live here. Um, and <laughs> I, I had flown out the summer before uh, trying just to meet people and network and find a job, and everyone was like, yeah, 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 when you get here, call us. So I, I drove to Bellevue and went into the USL Sounders office. I had met with their GM several times uh, throughout the course of the summer, and I walked in, and he said, yeah, I remember you. He said, you know, you bugged me, but you never really annoyed me, which I found <laughs> interesting. Um, I took that as tactful persistence, you know, in, in a positive. Uh, anyway, he said, you know what? Good timing. Um, I just let my staff go. We had a really, you know, not a great year, and you're hired. What do you want to do? So that was my, my, was my start with the Sounders. Um, you know, I, I think having been in sports, and, um, you know, honestly, minor league soccer to me at the time didn't sound that thrilling, but I really only knew sports and I had some offers for some, you know, jobs in offices with, you know, 20 minutes for lunch. And I chose sports and, uh, that's, that's how I started with the Sounders. You know, interestingly, a week later, 
the person who hired me and the coach both were let go. And uh, I was told, hey, sorry, I, I just got let go, and you're going to have to drive and meet this new uh, owner. His family just bought the team. So pretty much a week after I got hired, um, I met a new owner uh, who was Adrian Hanauer, who is still the majority owner of the Sounders today. So 20 years with Adrian and the Sounders, it was a super fun experience. Oh, my goodness. Wow, that's an incredible story. I mean, give us a take us inside what it was like at that point with, you know, minor league soccer, USL. I mean, give us a give us a description of what it was like at that point for the Sounders. Yeah, well, there were a hand. You could count the employees on one hand. Um, you know, it was a small, great group of people, but we were we were indeed tiny. Um, you know, the, the the minor league so- selling minor league soccer in a in a big city like Seattle was was certainly a challenge. Uh, the first year we played, um, first year I was there, we played at Memorial Stadium, which is a cool, iconic venue, but you know, not not the newest thing out there. Um, so you know, that was tricky. And, you know, trying to build a fan base in a major city um, with, you know, at the time, Sonics and obviously Mariners and Seahawks, um, you know, UW was, was tricky. Uh, mm. and it wasn't easy. I mean, we were thrilled um, when, you know, a decent crowd for us turned up at, at the stadium. And then, you know, quickly, Adrian, gosh, always pushing, poking, prodding, you know, the um, – at the time, Seahawks Stadium was was about to open, and um, we played the Sounders. Were fortunate enough to play the first ever sporting event inside what was then Seahawks Stadium. I remember it was J- July twenty eighth, two thousand and two, um, and there was a big crowd there. I think twenty five thousand people. We played the Whitecaps, uh, super fun, and then in oh three moved into the stadium uh, full time. Um, Wow, but, you know, not gonna not gonna lie, there weren't many of us. It was a ton of work, a pile of work, super fun, but really challenging to sell minor league soccer. It probably just felt like a startup, right? I mean, startups are are huge here in the Pacific Northwest. Did it have that kind of feeling? Like, man, we're just kind of, man, we're we're rolling here, man. We're just we're trying to rally. <laughs> yeah, look, I mean, you know, there was there was money certainly being lost. Um, you know, on balance. Um, and it was a hold on tight, let's do the best we possibly can and try to turn the ship around. So without a doubt, that startup entre- entrepreneurial type uh, organization and mentality, and again, those of us lucky enough to be involved, it was, you know, everyone wearing uh, every single hat possible and diving in and doing anything we could to help the club succeed. Yeah. You know, we're obviously we're all wired differently. And sometimes we come into an organization and we, you know, we like certain parts better in terms of the, the stage that we're in. What, what part did you like the best in terms of, and we'll get to, you know, kind of the, the, the story of how they became an MLS, but I guess just before I even forget, what was your, what was your favorite stage? Was it the early on and just, you got to be scrappy and, and we got to fight for it, or was it like, no, nah, okay, now, once we got a little more established and all of that, what, what was your favorite stage? Yeah, I never, I've never been asked that, uh, Tim. Interesting. I guess this is why you're the host of a very widely popular radio show in Seattle, <laughs> so nice one. Um, you know, I, I, um, I think the early, I think the struggling, you know, trying to get a footprint in Seattle stage was, was super fun, and it afforded you a chance to be creative, like really nothing was out of bounds as far as attempting to be creative and try to garner some fans and try to do things that were, 
um, you know, uh, I'm not a big fan of the out-of-the-box cliche, but I think, yeah, to do things that were some, some out-of-the-box in order to capture some and get some attention. Um, I remember, you know, writing, buying a big sponge and writing on the sponge with a Sharpie, you know, a loss equals a free car wash. <laughs> and putting them in the mail to a lot of media members in town, trying to get them to come to the game. And had we lost, we would wash their cars. Um, <laughs> you know, so things like that, right? I remember wearing the Sammy the Sounder, who was the mascot outfit, uh, standing at the exit ramp off uh, I-5 on Mercer Street, you know, with a sign saying Sounders game tonight type of thing. So it was really a it was literally all hands on deck. And again, no matter your role in the organization, uh, nobody was immune to rolling up their sleeves and trying anything. Mm. Well, we'll get to this here in a little bit, but I'm sure it must've just been so satisfying to move from trying to, uh, you know, get people interested by giving car washes. And then, you know, later on when you have, you know, 68,000 people in the stadium, um, what a, what a contrast and what a, a, a feeling of, of just satisfaction, I'm sure. And Bart, you know, I'm, I'm curious what it was like, um, you know, you, you mentioned early on the USL and, you know, those kind of, you know, humble, humble days, right? There's a lot of, uh, you, you could count the number of employees on one hand and then things started to shift and change when was when did MLS kind of first become a serious conversation, and what was that like as you were pursuing to become an MLS club? Yeah, I mean, all credit to Adrian Hanauer, who's still majority owner today, uh, always seeking uh, that next thing. In this case, MLS. And look, USL was great. I mean, they're still around. Um, I, I still talk to folks in those at the teams in USL, the league. They do a great job and continuing to gain a foothold in you know North American soccer. Um, so it was a great, it was a great runway for the Sounders. And just, I mean, reminder that the Sounders brand has been around since nineteen you know seventy four, I believe, North American Soccer League days. So the Sounders, you know, an institution, uh, if you will, in, in this area. Uh, back to, you know, games at Memorial Stadium and Pele and the Cosmos coming in, soccer bowls, and just a history of amazing talent and players in, in this part of the uh, the country. But, you know, MLS, uh, you know, started in 94 and, um, I'm sorry, 96, you know, promised from the 1994 World Cup and still a pretty young league. But Adrian was always uh, interested in bringing MLS to his hometown, you know, in Seattle. So, you know, look, timing is everything and a lot of things in life. And in this particular case, you know, uh, there was there was um, there was some appetite to bring MLS uh, a couple different times, and things all fell into place with uh, some owners and the league and timing. And you know, it was it all kind of cemented itself in in 2007, and then you know, an announcement of the franchise in 08, and then the birth of the major league soccer uh, sounders in in 09. Mm. I mean you guys I mean obviously you went you went big you old saying go big or go home, right? I mean you guys decided, you know what? We're going to we're going to we're going to start um by being at which is which was Seahawks Stadium, then it was Quest Field, 
then it was mm-hmm. CenturyLink, and now <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to – did I miss three of them there? Um, no, you, you got it. I got it. And then Lumen. Lumen, yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you guys, you were like, man, this is uh, – we're, we're going to try to fill a football stadium. I mean, that's a – I mean, that took a lot of guts, right, to do that. And I'm sure there was some – probably some uh, – quite a bit of pressure on you to say – Man, what is this going to be like? Are, are we going to go into a football stadium and have, you know, 12,000 people show up? Or, I mean, there must have been a little bit of pressure there to to figure that out. What, I mean, what was that like? Yeah, I mean, look, we were used to that from USL. I mentioned in the beginning in 03, we played in, in Seahawks Stadium as the USL franchise. 3,000 people there to watch a game was, a you know, a, a chance for us to jump up and down and be happy about that um we would play at the time we'd play mls teams in a tournament called the open cup and we were thrilled to have you know one side lower bowl full of 12 to fifteen thousand people which is a really great night for us um and what really helped i mean you know mls teams at that time probably had 40 or 50 employees working for them working really hard to grow the league and you know, again, our ownership group at the time said, you know what, um, we should partner up with the Seahawks. They they own the stadium. Um, they have infrastructure. They know what they're doing in the world of sports. They put on big-time events and obviously NFL games. And so, you know, we, we that those conversations began, and bada-bam, boom, I mean, we – we partnered with the Seahawks. So, you know, Seahawk employees worked on both soccer and football, and there weren't too many of us. I was one of those people, but who were only Sounders employees working on Sounders. But, you know, that was a an immense help. Todd Lywicki, who's back in town running Kraken right now, doing a phenomenal job. I think their first, first preseason game is tomorrow night. But um, Todd was president of Seahawks, got really on board with soccer, um, and, you know, the Seahawks were an absolute catalyst to help Sounders launch. And, you know, look, I, I like to think that, you know, I, I knew what I was doing, and Adrian's this really smart guy, but I, I think it's totally safe and fair to say that without the Seahawks' involvement, the Sounders are not what they are today um, mm-hmm. because the level, you know, look, there were 250 people working on a soccer team, not just 50, and that's, super helpful right and and then you know just we did todd todd's really good and brilliant and did a lot of smart little things and and you know there was an announcement every month and there was build-up and there was play on the nostalgic nature of hey you know sounders are back you know in in major league um in a major league capacity in this town and you know we were able to call upon those folks who maybe attended you know nasl sounder games back in the day and maybe weren't as interested in the minor league, but Hey, we're back. And, you know, a lot of that was, you know, just some smart marketing PR communication just in, in, you know, even if we weren't going to be this way, it was a convincing people that this is major league, this is huge. And you do not want to miss this. Um, And then getting the fans, you know, look, an amazing, uh, 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 totally, um, dialed in fan base when it comes to soccer here. And, you know, again, we kind of played on that, that passion and nostalgia and then, you know, new fans and yeah, off and running, off and running in 09. Yeah. Now in, in um, 2009, you received the MLS 
Operations Director of the Year Award for your efforts during the inaugural campaign. That must have been fairly satisfying. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, look, I was one person that, you know, I think I just was a, a face of our operations group at the time. But, you know, again, there were so, there were so many people helping um, from a Seahawk perspective and helping me. So cool award. Nice to be honored, obviously. But but, uh, you know, I was just one of many who had a small role at that time in trying to drive uh, the success of the club. Mm. Talking to Bart Wiley, longtime CEO of the Seattle Sounders, who helped really guide the transition from USL to MLS, and what was that? What was that first first game like? I remember that. That was a, I mean, just electric, right? And and I'm not a, you know, I'm not a soccer guy in the sense I didn't I didn't grow up playing soccer. Um, I typically don't watch soccer um, other than when um, you know I you know i'm there on you know match days you know working with the you know the players and things but you know i i was blown away i mean to me i mean i don't think i i mean i don't know if i ever went to i don't in fact i i know i didn't i didn't go to any sort of major professional soccer game up until the time uh they became mls and i was just floored by just the energy the electricity what was that like for you Super fun. I mean, there there are a couple matches that stand out in my mind from a Major League Soccer point of view, and, and that's certainly one of them. The inaugural match, um, I think at that time was probably in March uh, of '09. We played New York Red Bull, won the game. Uh, crowd was amazing. I think we were all stunned with how many people actually showed up, um, despite all the hard work that went into it. And just from day one, the, the fans... Um, attentiveness toward the brand and the team and their support of uh, was phenomenal and continues to be so, um, you know, I'm obviously no longer with the Sounders, but just the you know, the, the folks that are turning up and the passion and look, I, I mean, I'm, I was kind of with you. I played soccer growing up. I played in high school, but I, I really didn't have anything to do with soccer until I moved to Seattle. Um, just always been around sports and fascinated by the business and um, you know, but, but watching the fans and the passion that exists and the atmosphere in the stadium that evening and what continues to be a good atmosphere is pretty phenomenal. And look, I mean, I, I'm a Seahawks fan. I've been to Seahawks games. I've been to a lot of different sporting events. And I, 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 the, you know, it's a bit apples to oranges with the crowd size of Seahawks versus Sounders even to this day. But the atmosphere and the crowd and the energy uh, that the Sounders fans bring to now Lumen Field is really, really phenomenal. Mm. When you think, Bart, of like the f- two, the two or three highlights of your career with the Sounders, what are, what are those highlights that you're like, oh, I will never forget? these moments whether they were at a match or just behind the scenes what were the, what were some of your highlights um yeah i mean uh so that that inaugural match in 09 was certainly one of them winning mls cup in toronto i think in 2016 if memory serves it was zero degrees fahrenheit i've never been so cold in my life um we, we didn't have a shot on goal but god loves soccer we, we we somehow won the match in in penalties um so that was super fun. And then, you know, the more contemporary memory for me, which was amazingly special, um, standing on the field when we hosted MLS Cup in 20, 
well, 18, 19, um, it's all running together for me. Um, <laughs> playing, playing Toronto again um, and having a sold-out, you know, record-breaking Washington State soccer crowd there and then winning uh, it was, just, was just amazing. I was standing on the field while the teams marched out and got a bit nostalgic myself just in, wow, this is unbelievable and all the hard work that, you know, a lot of folks um, – that we all did together to put on that event with the league's help and to have the passion and, again, the support from fans there was was pretty overwhelming, pretty fun. We've got Bart Wiley with us today, longtime COO of the Seattle Sounders Football Club, 20 years with the club and instrumental in – seen the Sounders become a MLS phenomenon, led the league in attendance, what, six years, seven years in a row, eight years in a row, something like that? Yeah, until those uh, knuckleheads from Atlanta came in the league. Yeah, we, we were doing a pretty good job. <laughs> those knuckleheads. Aren't, aren't you from there? At least I know didn't your 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 parents lived down there for a while in Atlanta. Yeah, didn't I, they? I, grew up in, I grew up in Atlanta. I was born in New Jersey, but I grew up in Atlanta. Good place to grow up. Um, I, I got tired. I'm not a heat and humidity guy, so I love being in Seattle. Oh my gosh, I am with you, man. Humidity and bugs are my two least favorite things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, Bart. I, uh, you know, I've had the chance to, you know, I've watched you, and obviously we've connected and have inter interacted over the years with the with the club. And you know, I, the thing I've always appreciated about you is I've you know seen you and how you you know, work, um, you know, with your employees. And it always struck me that there was, you know, there are certain people that when you see how they, how they go about their business and how they treat others and how they, you know, that there's something, you know, deeper than just like, Hey, I want to go, you know, have the top attendance in the league. Uh, like there's, there's other motivations. There's other things that drive you. I'm, I just kind of curious what, when you think about your, you know, the things that motivate you and, and why you work the way you do. And I'm sure you've had over the years, a lot of influences, experiences that have, you know, grown you with who you are. I mean, what, what are those, you know, what, what drives you and what are those experiences and people who have influenced you over the years? Uh, yeah, I mean, faith is a big piece of my life. Um, you know, that my, my parents and still that in me, um, growing up in a faith-based home um, in, in Atlanta and watching just the way they um, maneuvered and walked through life, their reaction to things. I mean, gosh, everything obviously is not wonderful in, in life all the time. And I mean, certainly in the days in which we find ourselves living now with pandemic and you know, hopefully soon to crawl out of where we are. I mean, having a different perspective and having a um, faith-based perspective, I think, is super important. I mean, I, I don't know how you deal with um, interesting circumstances that you find yourself in, uh, at least for me, without some kind of a um, Jesus perspective, right? So, so you know, and, and look, I, you know, other, I worked for a baseball player um, for four years. I was his publicist. Um, he was a great example to me, um, though a, a Los Angeles Dodger when I was with him. You're talking and, about Brett you know, Butler, right? 
Brett Butler, yeah, 17 years in Major League Baseball. I met him when I was eight in the Braves clubhouse in Atlanta. Um, but super, how, now, how did that uh, happen? How did you meet him in the clubhouse? Well, what's that story? Know, my um, my uh, we moved. My dad was the chaplain for the Atlanta Braves, um, and I know, gosh, for I don't know, 20 years, and you know, every single Sunday, as you well know, Tim, when there's a baseball game, there's a chapel service before that game. Um, so I was eight, and I met Brett Butler, uh, who was 23 at the time. Hmm. And we're still friends. Um, I, I talked to him last week on the phone. Um, he and his wife are in Scottsdale. But, but watching him, who was at the, you know, he was Brett Butler and was a rich dude who played a professional sport and was extremely well-known and beloved. But watching the way he did life... Um, Mostly to me, and you know, starting with my parents, but watching the way Brett treated people and, inter- inter- and interacted with people was really impactful on on my life as well. So, I mean, look, at the end of the day, it's all about people, and I don't care if you're working for a soccer team or you're a baseball player. Um, it's to me how we treat people, and I I try. I'm not great at it all the time, for sure, because. <laughs> Let's face it, people sometimes are frustrating, right? But, you know, I try the best I can to really appreciate and treat everybody the same way. Um, and I don't care, again, if I'm dealing with an owner or uh, someone who's, you know, on my level at a club or an intern. I think it's just really important to treat people the right way. And, again, I am not an expert at that by any stretch. But really try to treat everybody the same. And, look, I mean, you know, phone calls, emails, texts, I'd really, really do my best to get back to everybody. I think that's super important. Um, I, again, I, you know, I, I, I have recently changed jobs and just was in the UK meeting with the board of my new company. And I it was explained to them that, you know, my leadership style, I like to say I'm a servant leader. I like to serve people that I'm working with. And despite maybe having a different title or role, then the people with now I find myself working, I'm, I want to serve them and I want to help them. Um, you know, not only in certainly in business, we all want to grow and, and drive and find some success. But I also, you know, uh, the people I'm working with now know that I couldn't leave to go to Austin, Texas until after I, I taught Sunday school on Sunday. So, you know, I think little things like that, you know, are, are important and giving back and reaching out. And I, um, I feel like I'm rambling at this point, so I'm going to stop right there. No, you're you're not rambling, and it's insightful, and I think very very helpful. Tell tell us what your your new role is. Yeah, so the um uh I, I, I the, the company that I'm now working for, I'm the CEO of North America for a group called the Cedar Packaging Group. Um, it was a vendor the Sounders used and the Seahawks used. Um, still still to this day, but. Uh, you know, uh, in this case, um, we are really sports heavy, which was um, interesting to me. And I, I think the board was interested in me because I had a lot of relationships in sports. But, you know, in this case, we just did a, a really, really big job for the, um, you know, the L.A. Rams and the L.A. Raiders. So every single season ticket member of those teams uh, receive a theater packaging box um, at the beginning of the year. And as paper tickets have gone by the wayside, now it's promotional materials, marketing materials, parking passes. But it's a really cool, fun fan engagement, uh, fan retention type company. And they're based in the UK. I in North America. And it's really sports focused and heavy. But 
I think there's a ton of applications outside of sports. And one of the things I'm tasked with doing is growing their sports business, but also growing um, outside of sports. What was it? What was the name of the company, Bart? It's called the Feeder Packaging Group. And you know, outside of sports, we're talking this right now. We're talking to some golf clubs about, hey, you have members, and you maybe give your member a bag tag with their name on it. That's great. But here, you know, here again, just maybe treating people a bit differently and thinking about a bit, a bit differently. So we're going to work with some golf clubs on creating like these really cool, high-end, image-driven membership boxes for some of their members, just as an, as an example. Yeah, I love that. You showed me some of the examples of that. And, I mean, pretty impressive stuff that's going on. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing more of what uh, what comes out of that. There's a big one for the Sounders um, tonight, isn't is there not? Or Yeah, League's Cup. It's a new um, couple years old, um, a, an entity, uh, you know, that the league, you know, the MLS is, is real bullish on continuing, obviously, to become better as a league as a whole, as an enterprise. And, you know, Liga Mex, the big, the Mexican Soccer League, um, you know, traditionally in competitions, they out, um, they outperform MLS teams, quite frankly. And, you know, the League's Cup is, is was a creation of MLS and Liga Mex and, uh, coming alongside, uh, sorry, coming together. And it's a competition that pits MLS teams versus Liga Mex teams. So Sounders are in the final tonight. Uh, they're in Vegas at uh, Allegiant Stadium where the Raiders play football. It seems so funny to me to say the Las Vegas Raiders. <laughs> yeah. By the way, uh, Cedar Packaging uh, uh, client, the Las Vegas Raiders. Um, really? But, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of curious to see what happens. I'm kind of curious to see what the crowd's like, but this is a big initiative by MLS, and it's cool that the Sounders made it to the final. Yeah, it's very cool. Are you going to watch it? Yeah, I'll watch. I mean, hey. Look, I, like I said, I, I'm I'm a big Sounder fan. I'm a big fan of Adrian Hanauer's. Uh, I have my season tickets for a number of years. Um, separated very amicably from the Sounders, so I'm I'm. I mean, the 20 years is a long time to work for an organization. So um, it was an interesting decision, a tough decision that I made, but I was ready for a new challenge and try something new and. Had a great run with the Sounders, uh, super fun, great experiences, great opportunities, but excited about uh, a new opportunity and learning and growing and finding some new challenges. So it's, it's fun. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you, you think is going to happen here, this new age of, of sports? I mean, we're in an interesting time, right, with the coming out of the pandemic and what the future of sports is going to look like. I mean, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think a couple things. One, I think we're still like one cycle away. Well, let's say I hope we're we're only one cycle away from a you know a return. Um, you know, I, I don't know what normal is anymore, but I still think we're one turn away from especially sports teams returning to maybe the way things were. Um, I, I think this this time, this interesting pandemic time is given some teams to reflect and I hope they have reflected on do they want to return to what they were doing or, you know, has this given them some time to be introspective and to really chew on their, their brand and their beliefs as a brand and the way they're treating their fans and the way they're treating their staff. And, you know, hopefully there are some teams coming out of this who are going to do some things differently um, if they needed to do so. Um, You know, I, I think, if you weren't really, I'm a big fan engagement fan, you know, friendly person. And look, 
we, we worked long and hard sounders and they still continue to do, I'm sure on taking care of fan base. And a lot of teams don't, don't do that as well. So, you know, I, I hope my hope is that, you know, it, to me, if there was ever a time to really truly engage your fans, it's now. A lot of these teams look at this, and I think it's the proper way, and that it is really easier to retain the fan base that you have than to go out and find new. Everyone's trying to go out and find new fans, we, you know, continue to grow and drive revenue, and um, and and that is going to be a practice that will be continued. But at least in my opinion it's a little bit easier to retain the fan base you already have. And in order to do that, yes, it certainly helps to have a really good team. And thankfully the Sounders have been really, really good since their, you know, their, the, the dawn of their MLS era. Uh, but, you know, fan engagement, taking care of that fan is something that's really, really important. And I think, you know, not every team does well. And the Sounders certainly have done that, done that well. Mm. I mean, what do you see happening here in the, in the Seattle area? Of course we got the, you mentioned the Kraken, they're getting going now. And, of course, at some point, you know, we're going to get the Sonics back, of course. So we're yeah. going to have, I mean, how many, you know, that's five, you know, you start, you know, you got the Storm. Um, you, we, we're going to have six, seven professional sports teams. I remember, you know, it wasn't too long ago, The I think the Mariners, you know, we're, we're a little territorial. I don't, I don't know if you, I'm sure you remember that, right? They're a little protective of of kind of their fan base and didn't think that there was enough kind of corporate dollars to go around and maybe enough fans here in the Pacific Northwest area. I mean, what, what are your thoughts on that? What, what have you seen and what do you think your, what are your thoughts going forward? Yeah. I mean, the Kraken are a juggernaut, right? I mean, they're, you know, the, the cool new hip thing in town, Todd by Wiki and the staff there have done, you know, a lot of things, most things the absolute right way, you know, huge demand, uh, you know, still a waiting list for tickets, you know, brand new, well, uh, renovated arena, uh, building a whole new training, you know, center for them um, with a big community play in that, which is really, really cool. So, yeah, they're going to come out of the gate flying, no doubt about that. And the Seahawks have been really good for a long time. Uh, you mentioned Storm. I mean, my goodness, what, you know, Alicia there has done with Storm has been amazing and their success. Um you know, the Mariners are still battling for that wild card spot right now. Um, you know, UW got off the schneid with the, with the win last weekend, which was cool to see. I mean, it's a, it's a fun time to be a sports fan in, in our area, right? I mean, you know, again, if you know, hopefully we can get – we can put pandemic in rearview mirror, continue to put it in rearview mirror. And, I mean, what a great city uh, in which we get a chance to live. And, you know, it's cool to have this many sports teams um, who are, you know – at the moment, you know, mostly pretty successful with really passionate fan bases. And, you know, if you are a sport, a fan of sport, there's certainly, um, you know, unlimited options for you to choose from in, in our area, which is really cool. I mean, do you see, are any of the executives you think of all these other professional teams, are they concerned? Are they worried with, you know, the, with, with so many sports teams, of course, if the, again, if the Sonics come back, that there's enough to go around, so to speak. Again, I'm not an expert on that, but is there concern there? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a good question. Um, I don't know if anybody's going to ever be overt in their uh, voicing their concerns, but I'm sure. Look, I'm sure behind closed doors in some of these uh, organizations, there's talk of well, what about this and how about that and what if that. Yeah, you know, look, I mean honestly, when we were you know 
still with founders and the Kraken were coming, uh, you know, there, there's, there's more uh, competition for us. Um, now we're super friendly with Kraken and or the founders are super friendly with Kraken and Todd. And so, so that's nice to have an ally, a sports ally there in town, but Hey, look, a lot of people wanted tickets for the Kraken and that's cool. Um, you know, whether that has a direct effect on founders bottom line, I think will remain to be seen, but you know, there's the fan fan side of things. You mentioned the, the corporate dollar side of things. Um, you know, it's a very, very affluent town in which we live with a lot of, you know, big, big brands and names. Um, so, you know, theoretically, there's there's some dollars around to go around. But we're also, again, coming out of an unprecedented time in our history. And, you know, maybe, again, two or three or four years from now, um, there are different conversations had. But, you know, again, I'd go back to if you're a sports fan, um, it's pretty fun to live in Seattle right now with all the good things that are happening and going to happen. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's it's incredible to think of all that's going on, you know, with the, you know, almost finished completion of the Climate Pledge Arena. And then we had Bruce Harrell on the show not too long ago. You know, he's hopefully our next Seattle mayor. Hmm. And he even brought up the fact that he, he thinks Chris Hansen is still in the game of, of building an arena in Soto. <laughs> <laughs> who knows? I mean, who knows? Um, you know, again, climate pledge is, is unbelievable. going to be unbelievable. Um, cool. That storm and crack and get to, to be there. I don't know. I don't have that crystal ball. So I'll leave that up to, to Chris Hansen to figure out. Yeah. Hey, Bart, we've really appreciated your time that you've been with us. I like to, give our some of our guests kind of this final question as a as a you know way to have folks kind of get to know you you know on a deeper level and I'll, I'll end this yeah. final question say how do you want to be remembered yeah i mean uh brett butler baseball guy always said you know you're, you're born and then there's a dash and then you know there's the year in which we're all going to die right and he he used to ask me uh what what are you going to do with that dash so I think along the same lines. I mean, look, I'm I'm a father, I'm a husband, um, a follower of Jesus. So I think I want to be remembered as uh, as as best I can as somebody who did their best to live a uh, a life um, trying to mimic as best I can the life life of Jesus. And I think that comes down to you know again my faith, the way I treat people, um, the way I react to things. The type of father um, that I am to my two daughters, uh, the type of husband that I am to my wife. And look, let's be honest. I mean, I've been, you know, like a lot of us, I'm sure I've been at home uh, for 18 months. And now with my new job, I'm working from home. So that's a lot, that's a lot of time <laughs> yeah. with my, my spouse, um, which has been great. But it's been stressful. Uh, it's been uh, anxiety-laden, right, these, these days in which we find ourselves. So. I mean, I have tried real hard and prayed long and hard about just the way I treat my wife and the way I react to my wife. And, you know, if she's not, if she's not as, as lovable as she often is, uh, what's my reaction to that? And am I treating her the way that she deserves to be treated and respecting her the way she deserves to be respected? And that, again, I'm, I fall uh, flat on that, you know, numerous occasions. But, you know, my ultimate goal there is to try to love her like, like the way I'm loved, um, and that that's not easy because we're human and and we're we're living in a pandemic. Um, so look, I mean, I think to to be succinct, I would say I want to be um, I want to try to mimic um, you know the life of Jesus as best I can as a human who's uh, full of sin. Mm. 
Bart Wiley, very profound words. And I know um, folks are just very grateful that you took the time to be with us today. Thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. Great talking to you, Tim, and uh, have a great uh, rest of your day. Yeah, you too. Thanks, Bart. Okay, cheers, bye. All right, that was Bart Wiley, uh, longtime COO of the Seattle Sounders and was just a just tremendous uh, community leader here in the Pacific Northwest. Really great to have him on the show today.